Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Welcome to week three. So we've been talking about week three already, and we've kicked off week three by Heather <laughs> making some coffee in our face and not sharing it with us. So I'm Heather, sorry, thanks. friends. I'm I sorry. I wish somehow I could transport delicious coffee to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Th- let's tell them what really happened. And then sister made Heather laugh, and then Heather spit her coffee out everywhere because she was <laughs> laughing so hard. You know, so this is take two. This is take this two like of the take podcast. Fifty we million. We've been trying to record yeah. for the last half hour. Here we go. You know, it's pretty. It's you know, it's really bad when Michelle's writing Heather and I saying, "You guys get it together." Like we have to record this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Usually we're the ones like Michelle, focus, yeah. focus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. When Michelle is the mom this morning, getting our butts in gear, we have problems. <laughs> Wait, seriously, the struggle is real. Lint is upon us. They're falling apart on me, people. It is. Anyway, so today on the podcast, what are we talking about, sister? We are talking about, this is how I fight my battles, right? So we've been talking about the battle for peace and then which battle to fight and then how to do that. So we are in part two of searching for and maintaining peace. And part two is titled how to react to that which causes us to lose peace. And my dear friends, can I just tell you that I was reading this section at O'Hare Airport when I was delayed for almost over three hours at the airport and I was sitting there, you know, just first world problems, but getting so irritated. I'm like, what am I going to do with my time now? I got over three hours. And then what happens? This book is in my bag. So I'm reading it as Michelle calls me on the phone and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm stuck at the airport reading, searching for and maintaining peace because I needed it. (laughs) I'm searching for it in the airport. It's not at O'Hare. Can I just tell you that? It is not at (laughs) O'Hare. Just in case anybody was wondering. That's good to know. Stay away from O'Hare. So anyway, so this is such a great section. Um, I think all of us can relate to so many uh, of the examples that Father Jacques Philippe gives. But he talks about first and foremost, you know, what causes us to lose uh, peace. And he says, number one, the troubles of life and the fear of being without. And he says, the mo- this is so great. The most common reason for which we could lose our sense of peace is a fear caused by certain situations which touch us personally and in which we feel threatened, apprehensions in the face of present or future difficulties, fear of lacking something important or of not succeeding in such and such a project and so forth. And then he says, the examples are infinite. Discuss. Like I said, this is not so true. And I think, I don't know if he says it here or later on where he talks about really, it's not even suffering that unnerves us so much. It's actually the fear of suffering. Mm -hmm. Because usually when suffering comes upon us, we have the grace to deal with it, but it's the fear of suffering that often pushes us out of the present moment and into fear. And I know myself, when I read those, those characteristics, I can relate to every single one of them in certain situations of my life where fear overwhelms me and I choose fear instead of providence or trust. And what happens? My peace goes Mm -hmm. out the window. One of the things I loved about that section was he was talking about, we don't often give God the space. So good. Yep. 
So we we try so hard to to make everything work for our good, to shield ourselves from any kind of loss or suffering um, that we often don't create the space mm-hmm. um, to where God can show his abundance and where we can receive his gift of providence, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just thought that was a wonderful uh comment that he made because I thought, you know, that's really true. Like for, for me, I I don't, I'm not often giving God the space and going, okay, God, here it is. Like, I'm just going to trust you that you will provide in this. I'm going to give you room to do that Mm -hmm. and, and not keep inserting Mm -hmm. myself into all the spaces or all the things that I see that are lacking as if I am the answer to all of these problems or Mm -hmm. all of these, you know, places that are lacking. And I love what he said. He said, our great drama is this. Man does not have confidence in God. Hence, he looks in every possible place to extricate himself by his own resources and renders himself terribly unhappy in the process rather than abandon himself in the tender and saving hands of his father in heaven. And for me, when I was praying and reading through this chapter, I was like, okay, Lord, what does it look like, though, for those of us that like grew up in households where there was a lot of dysfunction or there was a lot of instability? You know, mm-hmm. for us, like what it, we were always the ones that have been, you know, grew up in places where we were always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I, I said, how do we trust you? Or so where were those of us that have had situations where we're like, where were you in these situations? And we didn't feel like you did mm-hmm. provide, you know, and the Lord was just really challenging me to go back and look at certain things and, you know, um, counterfeit things that I believed in my life, ways where I felt like, you know, and he goes, really, was there a situation that I wasn't there, you know? And just really ask myself those hard questions. But I mean, like everything else, control is an illusion. Like we think that we can have it. We think we could hustle and do it ourselves. Or let me just take care of this for you, Lord. You know, um, you know, we're totally Eve's back in the garden. Did God really say? And control is an illusion. My only real choice is surrender. You know, like that is the ultimate power play is surrender. You know, that he is tender. He is there. He has been there all along and he will continue to be there. So what are these situations that I have to, um, start to surrender and not see surrender as my last resort, but as my first sweet spot to go to, mm-hmm. you know, in the spiritual life, in life in general, mm-hmm. not even spiritual life. Oh, that's so true. And that's so good. And I've just been recently aware of just like this, a certain chronic fear that I have in my life that I've had my entire life and just the hypervigilance around that fear. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, here's the interesting thing, the fear of letting go of that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if I hold on to the fear, it provides me an illusory sense of somehow if I have this fear, then what I really fear won't happen. It's like this control thing. But if I mm-hmm. let go of this fear, if I let go, if I rest, if I surrender, something surely bad will happen to me. And I was just blown away when the Holy Spirit revealed this fear operative in my life, especially in a very certain area. And I, it was just really, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really had, I really didn't understand how much of a psychological kind of like undertow that was creating in my life of, because I've never, like you said, Michelle, I've never regretted consciously surrendering something to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And many times that's out loud of me saying, Lord Jesus, I surrender this to you. Like I'm afraid right now and I don't know how to let go of this, but I'm choosing with my will to surrender this to you. I have never regretted that. Mm-hmm. I have regretted obsessing, trying to control, trying to control the people's behavior. You know, that's crazy stuff. And it's just, man, it's such a good, that's such a good word. Seriously, Michelle, like such a good word. Yeah. 
And I know like for me, like just especially with um, children, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, if I do this, if I do this, I'll protect them from this. And yes. I think any one of us that has been blindsided, that is my worst feeling in the world when I feel like I get blindsided oh, yes. by a feeling or a situation or anything like that and how it makes you feel, um, you know, just unsafe. You know, and I think one of the beautiful things about women is that we do crave security, you know, but what does true security mean? True security means to be in the hands of the father. And like for our children, you know, like we are mama bears, you know, if I control this situation, mm-hmm. then this won't happen to them. And, you know, like I said, control is an illusion. So it is constantly for me, I'm constantly having to surrender my children and put them on an altar and not take them off the altar where I'll put them on the altar, but I'll take them right back off or I'll put them on and I'll take them, you know, let me do this. <sighs> and so it is just constant, mm-hmm. but the, you know, it goes back to what we believe about who God is. Is is he good? You know, mm-hmm. and not only is he good, is he kind? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yes. like I want him to be kind. And, and is he a savior? Yeah. And is he mm-hmm. is he the savior? I remember God speaking a word to me about my children and just my over parenting and over concern for them and trying to fix things. And I just remember God gently speaking in the depth of my heart. You know, Heather, like they need to need me mm-hmm. as a savior. Like if you keep fixing everything for them or protecting them from everything, they will never need me as a savior. Mm. And um, th- those are hard words to oh, hear. Oh, absolutely. You know, because it demands a response of trust. You either choose to trust in those moments or you deny God his power to move in your life. Mm-hmm. And and then you you just have to take on all the control. And the weight of trying to be God <laughs> is oh absolutely gosh. crushing. And that's what steals our peace away. You know, it's almost like if we put it in in tangible terms, like I was thinking about this analogy of like, often it's like I'm trying to open the jar of pickles, you know, on my own strength and I can't do it. And I have like the heavyweight champion of the world standing right beside me who could unscrew that lid with, I mean, with no barely any effort at all. And yet I don't even ask for him to do it, you know, and even greater is the strength of God, his providence, his love for us, his capability, his, his sovereignty over situations is so much greater than I could ever imagine, you know, but for some reason we have a hard time trusting. We're so afraid that we might suffer, so afraid that Mm -hmm. we might experience pain, that we just white knuckle and have this grip that's so tight on life. And if we're honest, most of the time it's not working for us. It's really not. And that's a, that's a question I'm continually asking myself right now is like, when I'm feeling this unrest and I'm tired and I'm exhausted, like in a different kind of, like in a really like, it's not a good way, you know, like, Lord, wh- where are you in mm. this? Where would you mm-hmm. like me to be? Where mm-hmm. are you speaking? Like, I just want to pause and go, I don't want to keep living like this. This isn't the life you have for me, Lord. Uh, where do you want me to be? How would you like me to respond? Where do you want to insert yourself into these problems mm. and situations. And I love what he says later in that chapter, he uses St. Catherine of Siena, you know, our girl. And he says, when the Lord is speaking to her, he says, why don't you have confidence in me, your creator? Why do you rely on yourself? Am I not faithful and loyal to you? And I was like, I just wrote it huge in my journal. Mm. <laughs> you know, why don't you have confidence in me? You know? yeah. And so, um, like, you know, he has proven himself worthy time and time again. So, you know, why don't I have confidence mm-hmm. in him? Why don't I believe him? You know, mm-hmm. and it, it says in the end of that chapter, but is it true that we return to confidence is very difficult for us, long and painful, but, and they're two principal obstacles, but isn't that what we're trying to do this Lent? 
return to confidence in him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that he is good, he is trustworthy, and that he is faithful. Um, mm-hmm. And then so we have two obstacles, you know, sister, you want to hop on those obstacles? <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to talk about, um, he's, he talks about our difficulty in believing in providence and then our fear of suffering. But um, I was thinking of when I was looking at this quote on the fear of suffering and I think that's one of the reasons why we fear surrendering. Like I was giving an example in my own life of, you know, if I let go, then something bad's going to happen to me. And I have to like this illusory self-protection of like, I just need to protect and defend myself. And he says, this is great. And number three, he says, uh, the Lord can leave us wanting relative to certain things, sometimes judge indispensable in the eyes of the world, but he never leaves us deprived of what mm-hmm. is essential, which is his presence, mm-hmm. his peace and all that is necessary for the complete fulfillment of our lives according to his plans for us. Mm. And that is so paramount mm-hmm. uh, for us, so paramount for us that he, you know, in the economy of salvation, nothing is wasted. Whatever he allows in our life, you know, um, that it's it's for our good, it's for our ultimate good. Even where this thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, God will take that and make it beautiful through, through you know, many times a long process of, of suffering and transformation, but that he never leaves us bereft of his presence. And I just had to find myself really surrendering not only at this situation that I was facing, but also the expectations that I had, the outcome that I had, the future that I wanted. And I was surprised at all the things that I'd already planned out in my mind that I'm like, this is how I want it to be. And I really had to make a conscious effort to surrender all that to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, this might not turn out the way I want, the way I hope, but I'm going to trust you here that you're going to make this. I'm going to cooperate with you the best I can that you're going to make this according to your will Mm -hmm. and just to, and to continually engage it, you know? Um, yeah, it's so true. The fear of suffering and that his providence is not enough. Mm -hmm. That will get us every time. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. If we're not aware, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to just remind ourselves because this is such an easy trap for most of us that we often can fall into believing that God is the source of our suffering that he, he is making us suffer So true. that somehow, well, he's teaching me a lesson right now, you know, and words like Mm -hmm. that, uh, really give a false identity to who God is. When we say things like that out loud, and yep. I've heard a lot of people within the church say things like that, you know, well, God is just making me mm-hmm. suffer because obviously he wants to teach me something. No, God never makes us suffer. That's very different from allowing suffering to happen. So me as a parent, a flawed, you know, failing parent, there are times where I will allow something to happen for my children. Like I'm going to ask them to do chores. Is it because I want them to suffer? Boy, are they suffering. You know, they're whining and complaining. Well, let me know that. Mm -hmm. But no, it's for a greater good that I allow it to happen so that they know how to take care of things, so that they have respect for their belongings, so that they have a good work ethic. There's all of these things that sometimes suffering is the only means that we will learn certain things or we will gain certain gifts or become who we really are made to be, Mm -hmm. like where it will shed us of the things that are unnecessary or maybe dragging us down from a life of holiness. And that's where the trust comes in is Mm -hmm. that God is a good father and he knows, he knows how to shape us and form us and just the right amount of heat to turn us into something beautiful and to forge things that are broken in us. He knows just the right amount of pressure, you know, that's going to create a diamond and not crush everything that is within us. Um, So this providence is actually entrusting in his heart in it is really key. And if we're not aware of what's going on within Mm -hmm. us and the dialogue that we're having within our own hearts and mind, it's really hard to see where we're stumbling in that, in that belief. 
And I love what he said, like Heather, you said about early, but making space for providence, like making space for him to provide. And I love the example he uses with a parachute. Mm -hmm. And he says, as long as a person who must jump with a parachute does not jump out into the void, he cannot feel the cords of the parachute will support him because the parachute has not yet had the chance to open. One must first jump and it is only later that one feels carried. And so is the spiritual life. God gives in the measure that we expect of him, says John of the Cross. And I loved, 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 loved that part. And it reminded me of the quote, you know, it says like, you know, where someone says, what if I fall? And the other person says, darling, but what if you fly? You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I love that quote. And that's just it. Like the grace isn't there until you step out. The provision isn't there till you step out. But man, once you do step out, what an adventure, you know, what is a venture for God to trust? Mm-hmm. And I love how later in the Providence Chapel, he talks about like the people had the holy audacity and faith, like especially like religious founders of communities that, you know, people that founded religious communities, just their audacity that God would provide you know, come through financially mm-hmm. and spiritually for them, you know, and I know for our own personal life, like we have seen God provide in miraculous ways, both financially and spiritually for us. I mean, the house mm-hmm. that we're living in now, like my husband and I did, we call it like a Jericho walk. We walked around our, this neighborhood. We really felt God was calling us this neighborhood for mm-hmm. seven days. And it's not like, um, you know, a magic pill. It's not like that. It's not like God is a Santa Claus or a magician. It's like we really leaned in in prayer and we felt like the Holy Spirit's leading to lead this. Mm-hmm. And then on the seventh day, a house appeared that we really wanted with a lot of the things that we wanted close to our church and our school. Mm-hmm. And then benefactors came forward having no idea that we were even looking at houses and said, Hey, you know, I really feel like the next season of your ministry is going to come out of your home. Here's a check. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was just such a fun adventure to allow the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting, even when we were getting this house, both Chris and I looked at each other and were like, all right, if this is it, great. If it's not, we'll let it go because it was much nicer than we intended, you know, and there was like a holy detachment from it, you know, and that's the way um, God provided for us, you know, but it was fun. It's an adventure, you know, but we had to step out. We had to jump, you know, and the parachute is always there and it always opens when we make these big leaps of faith and trust and faith. And I think that's part of the, what makes spiritual life an adventure, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he wants to mm-hmm. provide for his children, you know, mm-hmm. and I love that about him. And one of the questions that comes up really is like, are we allowing ourselves to be reintroduced to who Jesus really is? Like yeah. that he's playful. That so he good. he is fun, you know, like you're talking about. He's not just this serious taskmaster that we might have created in our mind, you know. And uh, I love in part four where he's just talking about, again, we're coming back to this theme over and over again. Friends, do you think God's trying to say something to us about contemplating the gaze of Jesus? Yeah. And he's saying we can't grow in confidence, you know, by intellectual speculation and theological considerations, those can't withstand moments of trial. And so we have to enter into this contemplative gaze of Jesus. And it says just at the bottom of page 33, would not the supreme proof of love, greater love than this, no man has than to lay down his life for his friends. Would not this supreme proof of love untiringly contemplated and captured in a gaze of love and faith fortify our hearts little by little in an unshakable confidence What can one fear from a God who manifested his love in so evident a manner? How could he not be for us completely, entirely, and absolutely in our favor? How could he not do all things for us, this God, friend of humankind? 
It's just so beautiful. The way that Father Jacques speaks of God like that, it is so obvious that he has had this personal encounter with this loving God. Oh, definitely. Right? Yep. And is that not the same invitation for us? Like we cannot um, grow in confidence of a God who we don't know, who we've never mm-hmm. seen act in our life, who we've never allowed us to, to, never allowed him to love us the way that he desires to love us or bestow upon us our identity in the way that he desires. And so I'm just being led to like through the reading of these chapters to again, like looking at Our Lady as a model, the receptivity that God is inviting us to have, to just be open and receptive to all that he has. He is a giver and he is a life giver. And and what is the life that, that he wants to gift into us and how receptive are we to that? It's a great question for me to ponder. Oh, Heather, that's really beautiful. It's so true. I mean, you can tell this is a fruit of Father Jacques' own interior life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love, he says uh, further on in that point, number four, he says, as the assaults of evil, thoughts of discouragement and distrust are incessant. So in the same manner, and in order to resist them, must our prayers be incessant and untiring. And he says, you know, when we abandon ourselves, that the Lord manifests his tenderness, his providence, and his fidelity in a manner sometimes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I just can't help but think of our our talk on Narnia, like our journey through Narnia of Aslan, who is who is good but not safe in a sense that we can't control him, mm-hmm. and that he shows up in all these unexpected and beautiful ways. And I think that's the, just the, the ongoing, ongoing importance for all of us to be engaging our stories under the gaze of the Lord. And when we get to those places where we find ourselves discouraged, we find ourselves distrustful, we find ourselves anxious, to stop there and say, Holy Spirit, tell me what's going on. Like, what's what's happening right now? And turn my gaze back to you. Help me understand, you know, what, what are you, where are you in this? Where, where are we going? And because otherwise, you know, we kind of get stuck in a, a kind of a vortex or out of our own thoughts. I, I think it's Chris Stefanik, you know, very famous Catholic speaker says, your mind's like a bad neighborhood. Don't go in there alone. You know, like <laughs> we get stuck, like as soon as we get stuck in the neighborhoods of our own minds at times, like, mm-hmm. and just to ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, what's, what's happening before I react, just to stop for a second, pause. And so I can choose to respond versus reacting out of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I love when he says earlier, he says, I've heard of you by word of mouth, but my, now my eyes have seen you. He uses Job 42, mm-hmm. 5. And it says, the heart does not awaken to confidence until it awakens to love. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, and I love that. Like, what does it mean for our hearts to be awakened to love by the Lord? You know, that's just a really mm-hmm. great yeah. question to ponder this Lent. You know, what mm-hmm. does it mean um, to, you know, see him in different light, to see, you know, and how he sees you in a different light, to be in that gaze mm-hmm. and how he sees your mm-hmm. situations. And like Sister was saying, um, you know, it says, scripture tells us the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. Like he wants to teach us about our hearts. He wants to teach us about our stories. He wants to teach us about our lives. So invite him in, allow him to be the great teacher who he is, you know, and counsel us in that, you know, the Holy Spirit is also counselor. So counsel us, teach us, advocate for us, you know, allow the Holy Spirit. We've said it many times on the podcast, do the heavy lifting, you know, in mm-hmm. our life. And the only way we can do that is by abandonment, you know, and like we were saying earlier, you know, we put things on the altar, we surrender, then we take it back off. And I think a lot of times in the spiritual life, we do the spiritual hokey pokey, you know, put one hand in and one hand out, you know, one hand in, one hand out. And we're like, and then we turn ourselves around and then we don't even know where we are anymore. So like, <laughs> so true. That's so true. So what is it to mean for us to walk in the straight and narrow path and keep on going? You know, that's mm-hmm. only, we can only do that with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in the gaze mm-hmm. of the father. That's the only way, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, it's making me think like, what if we were to reframe Lent, you know, from being what we often think about, which is like, okay, yeah, this is a time of sacrifice and suffering to some degree where I'm just going to feel the ache, uh, you know, that is caused by my sin, where I often will fill these places, but rather, wow, I'm going to surrender some things and sacrifice some things so that I can bring that ache before God and let him fill it this Lent. You know, mm. like what if this Lent was actually a time of filling from the Lord, like in the absence of other Amen, things that we girl. often Amen, like preach it. Yep. put in his place. So what if this could be actually a time of sweetness where it's not being filled with chocolate, rather the sweetness of the love of God and his face and his eyes being poured mm. into parts of our heart that really are aching for him that we often think are aching for mm. chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> We will, or whatever else, like, I mean, that's a silly example, but, Mm -hmm. but we do that, right? Like we do that sort of like unconsciously, we are in the constant search, um, for this peace and for the love that never ends. And, and what if we, we allowed those aches to be turned to him in a very tangible way and let him fill it, you know, Mm. that sounds like quite an invitation to me that I wouldn't want to pass up on. (laughs) <laughs> oh, exactly. It was so interesting on um, Ash Wednesday, our bishop, Bishop Ilwak, was so cute. He said, you know, I'm excited about Lent. I know like people are like, oh, Lent, you know, the drudgery. He's like, no, I'm excited. And he said, I'm joyful because don't you think the father is saying, look, my children are coming home. They're oh, coming closer. Yeah. They're coming. And he was so great. And it was so great That's to hear sweet. a bishop preach that at Ash Wednesday said, you know, the father is saying, come home. You know, look what I've made for you. Come closer. Throw away all those things that are hindering you from my love and come closer to me. Come back into mm. my arms. Welcome home. And I just loved that whole image, you know, mm. of what we refrain lent to a journey home, you know, That's a journey awesome. back into the gaze of the Father. Ugh. Yeah. Sister, what are your thoughts? That's so providential, both of you. Oh, my gosh. That's so providential. And I was just at uh, doing a parish mission out in Michigan uh, this weekend, and I was at many masses promoting the mission. And, and one of the homilies that one of the priests gave was that very thing, Heather, where he said, you know, when we when we practice discipline of prayer fasting and almsgiving, it does it does make that space in us where we feel like anxious at times because we want to turn if we automatically want to turn to the things we're used to filling ourselves. And he just it was so great because he was telling the entire congregation the next time you want to turn to whatever you gave up to fill that space. And he said you feel that anxiety rise to your heart. He said I want you to stop right there and say out loud, Jesus, I am your beloved son. I am your beloved daughter. And I ask you right now to speak to the tender place in my heart that wants to be filled with whatever I'm grasping at. Mm. Come encounter me. I was crying in the back. I mean, it was so beautiful. He said, come encounter me right now. And I'm inviting you into this space. And I'm asking you as your beloved son, as your beloved daughter, to speak to me right here. And I was like, amen, brother. I texted him later. I was like, dude, that homily rocked. I was like, amen. You know, like that's exactly the thing, the invitation and- you know, it's so true. Like, I, and that's, it's, that's the journey home. Right. And we love, you know, we love the musical Les Miserables and doesn't Jean Valjean sing at the very end, you know, bring him home. Mm-hmm. And that's really the song of Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. bringing us home. But, it, but it is, it's the uncomfortableness of inviting God into the spaces that we so often cover over with our own self-reliance or our own, you know, things where God wants to be God for us because he takes care of us better than we could ever take care of ourselves or anything else. Mm, That's it. And I think often the enemy will just like want our gaze to stay on the discomfort, right? To just go, man, I want this, or man, I wish I could have sugar in my coffee. Dang it. This is so hard. (laughs) And that's where our, it just stops there, right? It just stops at the 
uh, I can't have. Mm -hmm. And I feel, yeah, the anxiety that you talked about instead of then turning our eyes to Jesus to, uh, like it stays on the discomfort rather than turning our eyes to Jesus, who is the comforter, you know, and saying, Oh Lord, like I need your comfort now, Mm -hmm. like here. That's so gorgeous, man. I love that. I do too. Yeah. And definitely I think fitting, I mean, and the, the number six where Father Jacques Philippe says, what do you do when you can't abandon yourself? And he said, abandonment is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So he said, let's, let's, let's ask God for that. Let's ask God this Lent to give us the grace to surrender our hearts to him. Mm-hmm. Let's not try to muscle it ourselves, but as we're being led into the desert, as Jesus is led in the power of the Holy Spirit, let us ask right now, dear listeners, Lord, just give us the grace. Give us the grace to surrender that one part of our heart, especially that's very troubling to you. Please help us. We can't do it on our own. And we desire to surrender our entire hearts, our lives to you, our families to you. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would give us that grace, please. Give us the grace to open our hearts to you, to surrender, and to allow ourselves to be loved by your tender goodness, by your providence by your total care of us, that you see everything, you know that a number of the hairs on our head, that you care for us. May our Lent be a Lent of surrendering ourselves to your precious, precious and kind care, Lord. I pray that you would heal us, the areas of sin where we grasp. Heal us of grasping so that we can turn to you and be filled with your goodness. That is our prayer for Lent, Lord. Please fill us to overflowing. Amen. Well, what else can we need? <laughs> we're all, we were all going to joke that our one thing this week is giving it like offering it up. Just offer it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, my one thing awesome. for this week is a beautiful song that, that I was sung recently at one of the parishes that I was at that I'd forgotten about, but it's a song by, um, it's sung by house fires called open space. And the refrain says, my heart is an open space for you to come and take your place. I'm open. Mm. And it's just a beautiful refrain. So that really, that was my song. I just, as they were singing it over the people, it was just joining in song. And I'm like, Lord, you know, open my heart. Like may our heart be an open space, you know, just to come and fill me. So house fires, open space. That's my one thing. My one thing is a song too. It's Amanda Cook's new song, Awakening. Mm. And so, oh man. Yeah. You know, and she just talks about this is my awakening, like what we're talking about, you know, that uh, Father Jacques talks about awakening to the tender gaze of the Father, awakening to his love and his heart. And um, it's just mm. powerful. The lyrics are powerful. The video is a little weird. Some people like it. Some people, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't kind of odd. I do have to say, I was like, what's that about? Uh, but- it's a kind of odd, you know, um, but a couple of my artistic friends thought it was absolutely brilliant. So um, beauty is an eye of the beholder <laughs> in some things. So, but the song is beautiful and I know it comes out of a real struggle for her um, and with attention. So, mm-hmm. but our hearts just being awakening mm-hmm. to the love of the Father. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heather, what's your one thing? Well, my one thing is also a song. Gee. Um, and I did create a playlist wow. for a playlist about you peace. Did? I did. So that, my dear listeners, will be in the show notes and on the website for you if you would like. You have to add Sister and I's songs to the... Yeah. Okay. Your, I will, I will yeah. do that. Um, Thank you. But one song that kind of motivated it is called Peace by Hillsong Young and Free. Um, That's a good one. But... The words are really what gets me every time. So I just want to read them because it's just perfect for what we're talking about. It says, uh, you will stay true even when the lies come. Your word remains truth even when my thoughts don't line up. I will stand tall 
on each promise you made. Let the rest fade away. There's a peace far beyond all understanding. May it ever set my heart at ease. Dare anxiety come. I'll remember that peace is a promise you keep. Oh, beautiful. Dang yeah, So good. So good. Well, this is, dear friends, this is indeed how we fight our battles. Yes, right? We surrender to the Lord and allow him to to do that for us. So thank you so much for joining us. And we will be back together again, still searching for and maintaining peace (laughs) with more to talk about next week. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes that helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address, click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.